Hello again, ladies and gents, and welcome back to another fascinating episode of the AJ Roberts Show. Today, we are joined by none other than Jacqueline Dunn, who is an activist. She is also a best-selling author, a naturopath, and unfortunately, a mother of a victim to a vaccine injury, uh, which we'll talk about more as we go on. Um, Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, so obviously I've been following like your journey and what you've been doing over quite some time. Um, it's absolutely fascinating work. I've been a big fan and it's been great to see you really speak your mind and a lot of people become, you know, very, very re- uh, relevant to what you're talking about and, and, and follow you like, and, and rightly so, because, you know, you, you speak, you speak your truth, you speak from the heart and it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, but one of the key things I thought we could, um, talk about today is obviously the uh the extensive work you do from a, a naturopath side of things based on your own experiences um but what i want to touch on first if uh, uh, if you don't mind is like your journey really over the last two years because obviously you knew something was wrong very early on um like many other people did and i guess obviously the previous experience with your child prior to all of this starting helped that um what was uh what was the big turning points for you um it's it's been a bit of a crazy journey for, for the last 10 years, if I'm honest. Um, I've, I started speaking out 10 years ago. Not People seem to think it's just two years ago mm-hmm. when I did this video and it went viral. But for the years previous to that, I had been on this huge journey for natural and alternative health and healing because of what had happened to my daughter, which was really the first initial trigger point. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you just and, explain briefly what that was? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, Sorry, I always assume people know because I've been speaking about it for so long, but I have to appreciate that people are coming into this movement quite new and uh, you know the awakenings are happening all the time so um, yeah my daughter is now 13 I've got a 13 year old and a 10 year old um, and when my 13 year old was eight weeks old I took her for her six in one baby jabs which was the DTaP vaccination alongside rotavirus and meningitis so she had eight different vaccines in one go um, which is standard that is standard mm. believe it or not um, she was quite a low birth weight she wasn't born um, early but she was very tiny when she was born, um, only just kind of making six pounds. So she probably shouldn't have had that amount in one go anyway, if you're going to look at it from that perspective. Um, but long story short, I took her blind because I wasn't a naturopath then. I was a um, accountant and I just wheeled her down to the doctor's surgery because that's what everyone did. And I'd spent my whole pregnancy researching cots and prams and car seats and baby monitors and never really once thought to research anything else to do with medicine or <laughs> nothing at all. Just um, had that blind faith, took her and within 20 minutes um, after her uh, appointment, she had a complete convulsion it was a non-febrile convulsion um, which was absolutely horrific to see we'd got home from the doctor's surgery and um, I'd left she'd fallen asleep in her pram she wasn't hot and I'd gone in the kitchen to make a cup of tea and I could hear a rattling sound I thought where's that coming from and when I went back into the hallway it was the pram knocking the radiator as she was convulsing Ah. so it was horrific and um, I don't really know why I did what I did but I picked her up out of the pram run outside the house with her because I just thought maybe she's hot call her down Um, she stopped pretty quickly Um, I rang my mum first and foremost um, who was alive then and um, she said to me well ring the doctors and then look into some research into vaccines for god's sake Um, 
she actually worked for the NHS at that time. Um, and then um, I rang the GP surgery and they just said to me, don't panic, it can, it can happen, just give us some cowpole. I said, but she's not even hot. And they was like, well, don't worry, it's quite normal. If it happens again, then just call us back or just ring an ambulance if it's really bad. And it just threw me. I was like, this is not right. Um, and it was actually that night that I started researching. And I can honestly say I have never stopped since because you can't, because there's always mm. something else. It's like yeah. what we're all doing now. There's no, more studies and, um, mm. and research papers coming out all the time. Mm. So um, it's a never ending, evolving subject. Um, and But that was the kind of in if you like to me starting the process of, of an awakening um and I honestly really thought that when I started researching I would find out that my what happened to me my my story was just a fluke I was just really unlucky and you know most people are absolutely fine but what I found out was completely the opposite and actually terrifying and my first gut instinct was people need to know this. I need to talk about it. I need to start telling people they don't know. And I thought people would thank me <laughs> how wrong I was. Yeah. And then <laughs> it was like, speaking to me. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. I had um, good friends tell me that they didn't want their children to play with her anymore because we wasn't going to vaccinate anymore. Um, I had friends that, you know, I'd been friends with for many, many years, just mm. completely disappear off the face of the earth um because you start to hold up a mirror that people aren't really prepared to look into at that point so it's just easier for them to walk away which I understand now everyone's on their own journey mm. but it took me a long time to get to that point um but yeah for then for the rest of the uh, ongoing years um I started to kind of drip feed information and then a couple of years after that my mum and dad actually died my mum and dad hadn't been together for 30 years my mum died on a Monday my dad died on the Friday both oh, yeah. died lifestyle related conditions yeah I, I wrote about it in the book because it was really the biggest catalyst for me mm. and at that time I had an autoimmune condition myself and it was a massive wake-up call like my god that's my gene pool they're 64 they're gone I've been orphaned in a week what's going to happen to me are my kids going to have to go through this when they get to my age because I'm not looking after myself mm. and, and that's, that's a um, that's a turning point very often yeah the case in uh, especially in places like the UK and Western society where the majority of people's lives are hundred miles an hour and they tend to just try and sort something out once something's happened or gone wrong. They don't like, you know, see the dangers of, the, the lifestyle until it actually goes Absolutely. bad and you Smoking, know what's interesting? my my sister um who's seven years older than me so i grieved instantly i went into complete meltdown and i was just all over the place um but my sister was in very much denial and she didn't really grieve for a very long time she kind of locked it in and five years later she was diagnosed with cancer she's absolutely fine now mm. but so it wasn't my mum and dad dying that was her wake-up call it was her cancer diagnosis and that's when she changed everything mm. so for me it was I changed everything I started studying about natural health I wanted to heal myself I wanted to know how I can empower myself I don't want to give other people 
um, the responsibility of my health. I want to look after myself. And then I, because I saw how that worked out for my mum, you know, my mum would put complete faith into a healthcare system that ultimately, although they might have been keeping her alive in the short term, in the long term, it, it was detrimental and, and she died. Mm. Uh, so I knew that I had to make changes because I was also relying on the same system, having an autoimmune condition. So I started to learn, in, learn just for myself, really. I was never going to go into it as a profession, but I loved it so much. And people started saying to me, oh, my God, you look so well. What have you been doing? So I thought I might as well make a career out of it. And I'd studied enough at that point that I'd actually started to gain qualifications. So I started to take on clients and it's just kind of grown and grown and grown and gone a bit crazy. Um, and then obviously the viral video has taken it to a whole nother level. <laughs> well, t- uh, talk to us about uh, the whole naturopath side of things, because I know that many people have heard the term naturopath and, um, you know, I've, I've got friends who are naturopaths and, um, you know, it, even though I've got an extensive strength and conditioning background um, and like fitness coaching and stuff like that, you know, it, you still, even as a, a, P, a personal trainer or somebody who's a coach in that, you're still very much in the system. You know, if you've got a problem with yourself, unless you physically do the research and step out of that system. So um, we, I'm sure everybody can clearly see now, you know, we're, we're put into a system where you're very much indoctrinated at school, aren't you? And you're told what you're told what they want you to learn, uh, even down to like histories and medicines and stuff like that. Cause it's almost like priming you that you need the responsibility of a healthcare professional or a physician if mm-hmm. something's wrong with you, oh, I'm starting to get a bit of a cold. Oh, I'll bring my doctor. Um, it's the same with the people that uh, a lot of people's because um, they've had that responsibility taken off them. You know, with this whole vaccine thing, is like, well, he's got a white coat, so I trust them. Um, and if well, if something goes wrong, it's my doctor's fault uh, because the, the responsibility is very much gone at that. And that's how we've been um, almost like groomed as a society, haven't we, in all these different countries in, into these systems. So stepping outside of that, and I'm learning a lot myself now about ancient healing and how, you know, I knew the body was powerful anyway, but just how really how powerful it is. And people people aren't even touching on the fringes of just how powerful right now. And I think that's one of the big things, isn't it? Like trying to get across to people is, you know, just how powerful and natural you can be. I think that we live in a quick fix society and Mm. we have done for probably about, century um that's been slowly changing um and getting worse and worse you know i I always speak to my clients about um because what's interesting is just to give you a bit of a backstory I, i i work with clients of all different ages from children right up to you know 88 year olds and i always thought that the older they were the more sick they would be but actually that's not the case. And, and I now realize that's because if you take that 88 year old client, I once asked somebody in their eighties, when, when did they first get a fridge freezer? And they said they were in their fifties. So for a half a century of their life, they shopped local, which was probably grown local, which was cooked the same day. So we, they didn't have the additives and the preservatives. And even if we just go back to, when I was growing up, I'm 44. So when I was growing up, we didn't have um, all the kind of drive throughs and the fast foods, and there was nowhere near as much choice of all this quick fixes. Mm. So 
And that feeds into the healthcare system as well. We don't want to take responsibility. We want to be told what to do to make us just take that and everything will be fine. Mm. And we, lots of people of, of a certain generation do have white coat syndrome where they won't listen to you. They won't, they won't take your advice unless you have doctor in front of your name and you know, you're working in a hospital or a doctor's surgery. Um, and unfortunately that's, we've got the John D Rockefeller to thank for that um, where a hundred odd years ago, he decided to buy up all the um, medicine schools, which at that point were teaching homeopathy, herbalism. Um, it was very natural. And um, he also bought up the pharmaceuticals and he said, that's what we're going to be teaching in them schools now. And then everything changed. And all of a sudden homeopaths were witches and they were vilified. Um, and, and, and that's still the case now, you know, they're, they're, they're still, they're still trying to get rid of a lot of the natural modalities in medicine. Mm because they know it threatens the bottom line of the pharmaceuticals, yeah. which is a really sad state of affairs because I'm not anti-pharma, I'm not anti-anything. I'm actually pro-choice. And I believe that we should be told the pros and cons of anything that we are being given so that we can make an informed choice. Mm. And most people who I speak to, certainly most of my clients who are on a very extensive list of prescription medication, they don't know the harm that it's doing to them. Mm. I had a client only yesterday who's on 17 different medications. And one of them I showed her in my in a book that I have, uh, which is about drug and herb interactions. And I showed her all the things that this just one of them depletes in her body. So this drug was depleting magnesium and sodium and potassium and iron, all of that one drug is depleting all of those things. Did the doctor tell her that when she he prescribed it? Did he say just so you know, by taking all of this, all of these vitamins and minerals will be depleted from your body and could cause other issues. They're not told that stuff. So the only thing that I'm ever campaigning for with anything, with pharma, with, with vaccines, anything, it's informed choice. We need mm. to be able to make a fully informed decision because we can make do a lot more harm than good if we're not. Mm. And I, I think that, you know, that's the, the key message there is the informed choice. But I mean, if you if you were on their side and you put informed choice into anything, they wouldn't sell much because... They know. They, well, they know they know the damage that I guess long term that it always does. And it, they, they don't keep people sick that way, do they? Well, I always say there's no money in dead people. There's no money in well people. The money is straight down the middle, keeping people um, sick and dependent on medication. No money in dead people, no money in well people. Um, but if I take you back to the when my daughter was um, injured, when I then went and looked at that vaccine insert, one of the risks that are listed on the vaccine insert, which I covered when I made the documentary, The Trail of Truth, it, and we showed the, the vaccine insert, is um, that it can cause or create sudden infant death syndrome, which is cot death. So if I'd gone in that, that day and said, can you just tell me all the risks and the, and the side effects of this particular vaccine? And they said, oh, it can create a cot death. There's no way that I would have continued to allow her to be vaccinated that day. We would have left. Mm. But people weren't told this, so they can't make an informed choice. Um, and, and lo and behold, the people that I speak to that come to um, ask for advice or are just following me because they have a dead or damaged child post-vaccination, sadly, some of them haven't even realised that one lady said to me that her child had died of a sudden infant death. So cot death, that was what, what was registered on the death certificate. Um, but it was 48 hours after the vaccine. And then they hid the, um, that she asked for a um, 
autopsy wasn't going to happen. It was just a cot death, that's it. Um, she asked to see the medical notes, and the file got lost. These are the kind of cover-ups and coincidences that happen because they know what they are doing to be able to get this amount of profit. Mm. It's outrageous. And this is th what things like Bobby Kennedy has been and, and Dale Bigtree, they've been trying to bring to light in the States. Mm. But as far as I know, up until this point, there wasn't that many people on this side of the Atlantic that were kind of of, of shouting from mm. the same hymn sheet, but that's changing now, which is a really good thing. Yeah, and it, you know it's great that you've been so heavily involved with all this and, and pushing forward with it because it's obviously such a you know big part of your life. And I guess those moments, you know, moments like that can change anybody for for the better. And obviously, you know, look how look how good your own health is now as a result. And you know that then allows you to give the best version of you all the time you know mm -hmm. as a as a naturopath you know a, a coach a person or someone to you know to lean on but also to your kids as well um which is you know is phenomenal and um I was, I was really fortunate to meet so many people like that mindset on saturday when we did our our live show with dr sam white down in uh down in hampshire which was really good um and it's to see so many people now really taking a keen interest in going back a few steps to what things were like for our grandparents. So you mentioned um, about that per person there, about introducing the fridge and freezer. And uh, I I'm, I'm convinced that uh, processed food and things in, you know, sprayed and this, that and the other was the cause of my nan's death back in 2011. So she was 83, so she's a good age, um, but she'd never drank any alcohol. She uh, She'd never smoked. And the last time she'd been to the doctors was 46 years previously. Wow. And I was giving birth to my auntie at the time. Right. But then suddenly she just went totally downhill. And next thing she finds herself in hospital getting a, like an MOT because they didn't have any records on her. Um, and then they said, oh, we found cancer in your liver and it spread in. And like within 10, 11 days, she was gone. Um, and I noticed, I was just thinking like, you know, what all the, the constants are, you know, the things that have changed, the variables and stuff like that. And she'd always lived off the land. They had a greenhouse previously, but then when they sold the house and then downsized to move into a war memorial apartment uh, down in Bournemouth and Dorset, they started eating, going to KFC and then going to the Indian and then eating more microwave meals and, and stuff like that. So it just goes to show you um, just how much that can, you know, influence like cancer cells and stuff like that in your body at that age as well. Children are born into that. So that's why I see, I thought that I would see older people would be sicker, but actually mm. children are sicker. Children are sicker, yeah. They've never had half a century where they didn't have, wasn't exposed to any of this stuff. Mm. I mean, even just looking at the vaccine schedule, when I was growing up, there was 13 vaccines on the schedule and now we're, we've got over 70. Yes. So uh, it, that alone is compromising the immune mm. system. And then you've got to think mm. about the herbicides and the pesticides and the fungicides that have all been approved that weren't around when we were growing up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to think about the fact that there's an overuse of antibiotics and pharmaceutical medications going back um, to nourishing traditions. If people didn't, if people were unwell, like your nan, it was hot toddies and things like that. It wasn't, mm. um, you know, go to the pharmacy and get a prescription or um, take some paracetamol. We've got become accustomed, again, this quick fix society to silencing symptoms, not dealing with them, mm, just silencing yeah. them so you're comfortable. But that becomes a little bit like a game of whack-a-mole. I don't know if you remember the game where you push it down yeah, it yeah, yeah. somewhere else. That's what happens because 
when I'm seeing a client who's on 17 medications, they didn't start on 17 medications. They started on one and that led to another, led to another, led to another. You're playing whack-a-mole with your body. You're just silencing things and pushing it down. Mm. With cancer, as a naturopath, I call cancer the disease of suppression. So we're suppressing symptoms and signs all the time, which are just messages from our body. And eventually they get louder and louder and louder until we have a chronic disease, chronic illness. The other thing that I, re- I, that I think you suppress that be- can become cancerous, which was definitely the case for my sister, is emotions you suppress your emotions you don't deal with it so my mum and dad died my sister didn't deal with it well that's a negative toxic energy that has to go somewhere in the body Mm. and and eventually it will come out Mm. and that's that's how we end up with these chronic illnesses we do need to kind of press pause and come back a bit to what we were doing a long time ago um, because evolution can be positive and negative and we've kind of evolved to a point where it's actually working against us now and is detrimental to our well-being mm. yeah and you see we see it in kids all the time and it's like it's horrible to see sometimes if you go to um, like a really busy indoor shopping center um on the weekend like the amount of like obese children you see overweight kids is just constantly going through the roof uh, so they're, like you said they're born into this they're born into all the the processed stuff uh, you know from an early age and then obviously you've got the connection to technologies is like off the charts isn't it you know that's all they know phones ipads xboxes all the rest of it um and less activity uh, and doing things for their and, and doing things for their own mind you know more than anything again like a lot of children now don't really have any responsibilities at all like everything's kind of done for them and it's all there on a plate everything's got an app hasn't it it's just like takes that uh, responsibility of doing like away um but also what we're now seeing unfortunately which is quite terrible is the whole patient physician relationship's just been taken away hasn't it so like even things like if you've got any slight types of symptoms of cough sore throat straight away do a test you're diagnosing yourself you know yeah. uh, like never in history before this period have you been able to diagnose yourself and then self-isolate and all the rest of it because a test which we know doesn't give you accurate results because it tests the protein on the, especially the lateral flow tests, um, which obviously vaccinated people have all over their bodies because of the vaccines. So that's this is why we know so many um, vaccinated people are testing positive, not because they've got like symptoms, it's because it's you know running around their body like haywire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's the really sad to see as well. So not only is the pharmaceutical in- industry making copious amounts of billions off uh, regular sort of everyday people especially in the western world they're um they're actually reducing the actual ability to be able to speak to a doctor in the first place if you have got a problem or by design because yeah. they want to roll out kind of this ai society where yeah. everything is self-governing self-policing self-diagnosing and mm. um, that is all by design and i think this it, it's very if they just decided in 2020 right that's what we're going to do that's it would be uproar but we've had this drip 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 slow feed rollout but it's it's certainly happening unfortunately well, it's how they do it here in the uk isn't it since day one they uh, almost test the public's opinion because you know not in not in a biased way but we we definitely head and shoulders above a lot of people in terms of the way we stand up to like against bullshit which is what you know clearly what we're seeing now um and you know some countries are really other countries do fantastic things all around the world you know you've got the truckers in canada and um, you know, just that whole process alone kind of taken off, hasn't it? And we're going to see it here in England, uh, UK, I believe, at the weekend. 
um, and Australia and Europe and stuff like that. So um, it just goes to show you, obviously, just how well, crazy this whole system is that they're trying to create. Um, the NHS mandates obviously being reversed and the care workers, which is great, because um, obviously they, again, we say all by design, they lost their jobs on the 11th of November, the day that we remember all the freedoms that were fought for for us. You know what I mean? Again, all by design. Absolutely. Um, by design. But yeah. what I would say about the um, NHS mandates, so I was just looking at Esther McVeigh's tweet today. Have you seen it? Not yet, no. Um, what she's saying is don't get too excited because when you look at the um, the legislation or um, the paperwork, it's there's there's kind of a little bit of a caveat saying that we have to have discussions and that it's not fully approved yet. So it could possibly be lip service. It le leaves a lot of room for a flip flop because um, nothing is kind of stamped and, 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 and sorted at this point. Um, so I would be, I, I really do hope and pray that that's going to be the case. Um, but before we came on air, I was saying to you that I have deeper concerns about the Human Rights Act reform. Yes. Um, because some of the changes they want to make to that, the Human Rights Act are very much around bodily autonomy, which is an absolute core value of mine. You know, this my body, my choice is absolutely should always be. But if they make these changes to the Human Rights Act, the mandates for the NHS will kind of power into insignificance because we will all lose bodily autonomy. We will all lose the right to choose. So while we're kind of focusing and distracted by the mandates, we need to be a little bit more proactive looking at what could be coming in the next six to nine months what bills are the government trying to push through and mm. this human rights act one is really quite concerning for me that's the one we all need to have our eye on and be protesting and shouting the loudest mm. about yeah i've noticed that um dominic Raab's already come out and said that this needs to be squashed as well yeah um which you know rightly so um what I find funny as well is that because of the whole NHS thing and the whole dropping of the mandates and the the actual police investigation that is happening, um, it's interesting to see a lot of these uh, MPs are suddenly coming out with more positive things and not so much chucking each other under the bus, but it's almost like they're trying to, you know, backpedal a little bit. Um, the television presenters as well, and you yeah, know the, the doctors. Dr. Hillary done a little bit of backpedaling as well, and um, the likes of uh, um, Lorraine and all of those ones that were very much on the opposite side of the fence. All of a sudden, are starting to turn a little bit. Mm. Um, so yeah, it is quite interesting to see, but at the same time, it does make me wonder if it is just a distraction technique so that we take our foot off the pedal. Okay, that's great everybody's a little bit more on our side now and we then don't focus on the things that really could be changing for us mm. like the human rights bill yeah and um it's been the case all the way along isn't it um you know I've, people have become very very aware of it now about you know red flags distractions and stuff like that and it has been the case since day one so even all this bullshit with the whole party situation now um it's you know straight away i'm like well clearly they've got a, a file there ready and waiting with all these videos and photos and all this stuff like for a reason you know they don't just suddenly get leaked all at the same time like that you are seeing yeah. now the name of that file is probably distraction techniques <laughs> yeah that's the irony well, i was saying the other day as well like that you know i said people shouldn't be pissed off about the fact that Boris johnson had a birthday like he had a birthday party yeah. it's more it's more the fact that while he was having a party you were all washing your hands singing happy birthday to him 
Absolutely. And, you know, um, I, I had a birthday party January last year with my family and the police turned up. Mm. And um, and we, I mean, we didn't there was no arrest or anything like that, but it wasn't very nice, especially for my children. Um, and in fact, I've got my 10 year old now. If anybody knocks on the door really heavily because that's how the police knocked, she runs up the stairs because she's still got that little bit of trauma there. Mm. So, you know, that's what I'm so annoyed about. You expected everybody to follow the rules while you wasn't. That, yeah. and, but it's not that I'm not annoyed that you had a party because I had a party too, but we should all have been able to do that because yeah. clearly you wasn't that concerned. Mm. Um, but actually it's not my focus because I do believe it's distraction technique um, techniques completely. They, mm. they know that there are things that are coming further down the line that are very heavy for us and could change things in this country drastically and but they don't want us to focus on that just yet so mm. that's why we have all these distractions which is well, the um, same with Djokovic wasn't it in Australia Australia used it as a perfect opportunity but I mean to be honest they didn't have a choice it was like pin everything on Djokovic or actually highlight the fact that four tennis players had to pull out with heart problems and even people in the crowd at a tennis match um when does that ever happened you know, so it was, they're kind of like, they, they use that ammunition to full effect, didn't they? Yeah, and I don't know if Djokovic was willi- was a willing participant for that because he is a member of the World Economic Forum after all. Mm. So, um, you know, it was, was, was he happy to be the kind of patsy, if you like, mm. um, for that particular distraction? Who knows? Um, when, when I did my first video and it went crazy, um, one of the things I said is question everything. But the questioning now has got to the point of, you know, deep, severe paranoia. You've got amazing stuff going on in Canada with the truckers and people are like, it's a false flag, don't be fooled. It's just like, it's too much. It's way too much. Just calm down. <laughs> Look at what's actually happening rather than second guessing what could be happening. Mm. And, you know, just I've made a list before we came on. The Human Rights Act could take away bodily autonomy. The Online Harms Bill could take away free speech and could feed into a social credit scoring system. The Nationality and Borders Bill could remove freedom of movement and four million citizens would need to acquire settled status and they might not get it. They'd have to apply for that. You know, this, th- these are the things that could be coming while we're just distracted with really meaningless stuff like downing street parties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, great that it's happened that Canada's you know, started to rise, but we need to focus closer to home and let other countries do their stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't take your eye off the ball with what's happening here. And we've got, we've got people talking about repelling the Coronavirus Act, which is very likely to be dropped anyway, because it was a two year emergency piece of legislation mm-hmm. with two six month reviews. It's not going to be reviewed again. It's not going to be renewed. Probably they'll keep elements of it, which will feed into the Human Rights Act and the changes they want to make. But, it served its purpose now Mm. so um yeah we just need to be a little bit more careful of what we're focusing on and and really get unified with our message as a truth movement because you know that that's one thing the government are great at it pains me to say it they're very unified with their message Mm. but that's because you know on the sage committee you've got all the psychologists not the virologists or epidemiologists it's all the psychologists and they Mm. know what works and as a qualified hypnotherapist I know what works too in terms of getting into people's mind that the brain loves repetition um, and they've done that brilliantly create scarcity so that's why we see the cues around the blocks and when the tests first come out there's not enough tests there's not enough PPEs I don't think we've ordered enough vaccines and you know we've seen this with iPhones 
the iPhones, people queue for them because they only make so many of them and they everyone wants to be the first one to have one. And it's a marketing tool. You, It's a technique to create scarcity so everyone wants one. That's exactly what they've used. And mm. if you can just step back a little bit and think, why are they doing this? It's always quite evident, I think. Mm. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And um, all the live shows we've been doing, uh, myself and Harry, we've been getting quite a lot of vaccinated people turning up um, because they want to learn actually what's happened over the last two years you know that got them to the point where they are now and what can they do to improve their situation moving forward and very much want to be part of you know this great awakening as uh, you know people call it but it, it's a, a lady was talking to on saturday night and um you know she was saying that she was she was in healthcare and got it early on um, when they were just offering them out to like the elderly and vulnerable but also healthcare staff you know frontline um well, no, I wouldn't say frontline, I'll use that term, but um people who were very much in the thick of it and patient facing. Um and because she thought like she'd have to have it for her job or she wouldn't be able to carry on, you know, because this was like February last year, so a year ago, her her colleagues and or, or her her management were already saying that like you're gonna have to have it because they're gonna make it mandatory. So, so it was all hearsay even in February, and so people were running off getting it rather than actually going, well. Can I have that in writing, or do, do I actually have to get it? You know, when they've never, when they weren't even mandated the flu jab. So I mean, the coercion is insane. The, the, mm. the and and we've we've seen it. We've seen it with everything. So what's to what's to say that everything that they're pushing now is just not a coercive control or a coercive tactic to get the mm. um the the, the boot? I mean, the push for the boosters. This was a little bit of a penny drop moment for me. Somebody who um, is a client of mine recently lost their dad a couple of uh, weeks after having his booster. And she had to go to his house to sort things out. And she found his vaccine card and she sent me a photo of it and said, look at look at this, look what I found. But look at the date he had the jab compared to the date he died. And it wasn't a very a big gap, but it has an expiry date on that. Um, which I so it says what batch you received and the date you received it and the expiry date of the batch you received so if they have an expiry date what's to say that they had an abundance of these people were frightened to take the booster because at that point there was a lot of questions being asked there was a lot of adverse reactions being reported people weren't feeling well after their first or second one all of a sudden we've got footballers collapsing people started to feel fearful so they've got all of these boosters ordered sitting there waiting to go no one's turning up to have them along comes omicron and everybody then there's the push for the booster and then all of a sudden people are are queuing around the block to get the boosters it's coercive control Mm, yeah And, and that's literally pretty much word for word how it's happened you know um and again people watching this like you can i'm sure we'll give you a, a penny dropping moment yourself because everyone has that you know moment in their life and um unfortunately the majority of my family have like seen through it all uh, as well as watching the podcast which has been you know quite fortunate for me uh, but not everyone has that luxury um and i find it quite difficult for even like two years later you know their family unfortunately just can't see it and um, you know, I say it on most podcasts, and it's going to take an unfortunate event, I think, for a lot of these people within, you know, the direct family, their inner circle, um, for them to actually go, well, hang on a minute. Um, so it should, it should never, ever be like that. Um, but like I said, you know, and I'm sure you're very much the same, and all the other people that have been trying to help people see through this for the last two years, 
you know, like my, my arm's always been here for everybody. Do you know what I mean? And always will be. Um, and I was saying that to the people who were speaking to me after the show on Saturday, who'd, um, who'd been vaccinated. And I said, look, you know, you're not on your own. You're not isolated. There's millions of people in the same situation. Now we fully feel duped and angry. Um, mm-hmm. Like my, my DMs are just completely flooded, especially people from the military have been really pushed hard to get it by their superiors and made to feel like they're going you know, to they're gonna lose their careers. And and this, some of the senior soldiers as well, like with their pensions, it's horrendous. Like, honestly, you see some of these messages I get and like the, the threats they've had, you know, 21 years in the army, got a year left. So you've done your full 22 and that and have been threatened with their pensions if they don't make sure all their guys and girls are jabbed and stuff. And it's just, it's just horrible. Um, I never ever That's thought I'd see that as a... It's across the board. Um, I've spoken to a lot of footballers and they've told me that they have been told that um, they won't be considered for games. They won't be considered to play for the country. Um, if they do travel, they'll have to cover all their expenses themselves because they won't cover them as a um, unvaccinated person. Um, and even you've got some of the um, coaches and the managers saying that um, the choices of who makes the team will be considered, the vaccine status will be considered. So, um, we're going to see it infiltrated into every single profession. Yeah, but with the football, though, I mean, football is like almost it's a religion in itself, though, in this country, especially, isn't it? So if you're going to try and um, create an industry to be the best advocate for your product, you know, you're going to target football, aren't you? Because the majority of the players have got TikTok accounts, Instagram. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, But you are seeing people within the industry speak out. Um, you know, I think it's vitally important to create a space for players, coaches, staff to actually go and reach out to someone because they're really worried. And because I, I imagine that's not the case. Like if, if you're as a professional athlete and you're seeing all these people like collapsing all over the place, especially if it's one of your muckers, you know, and you've had the experimental vaccination, you, you know, a lot of players will be shitting themselves. Yeah. Like guarantee. And like you're saying, you speak to a lot. So I'm sure that um, a, a lot of them would be quite concerned. Um, and just how much stuff's being brushed under the carpet because they don't want to worry the public. Um, but I think in the next few months, it's all going to blow up and come out. Like There's a lot of stuff that's going to come out. And uh, I think there'll be anarchy of some sort when when people really realise the sheer magnitude. If not only have uh, the mass population been duped on this, it's just decades and decades of... Uh, lies and corruption isn't it yeah which, which in a way I, i've said before that it it i'm trying to see the positive in it and the positive for me is for the best part of 13 years i've been speaking out about this and been looked like a complete tinfoil hat conspiracy theory nutcase anti-farmer uh, just a crazy person and what i haven't been called isn't really worth speaking about but it's COVID has come along and shone a huge torch over everything that I've been saying. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, hang on, that makes a bit more sense now. And this is stuff that people needed to know. They needed to know that they were being used for profit. They needed to know that um, people's health was being put after the profits. They needed to know all of this stuff. They needed to know that people have been trying to warn them for very many, many years. And in some cases it's cost them their lives. Mm. You know, the, the amount of holistic doctors that have spoken out, the amount of um, people who have left pharma and spoken out, Brandy Vaughan from Learn the Risk, who passed away not this Christmas to Christmas before. Um, and she was speaking out massively about vaccines and um, lo and behold was found dead on her floor at home by her son. You know, these are people are paying for their 
their lives to get with their lives to get the truth out and have been for for a very long time and nobody has been listening but all of a sudden because it's personally affecting people because like we say we have to have that pain point to take action it's personally affecting us now all of a sudden they'll sit up and listen so if there was ever a blessing to be found in this it's the fact that it's shone a torch on all of the corruption that many of us have been screaming about for a long time mm. and now many people can see it yeah no absolutely um, and I think over the coming weeks, people are just going to learn more and more and more um, as uh, a lot of these things evolve. Um, so for somebody who wants to explore, you know, natural path, nat- uh, natural medicines, um, ancient healing, all that kind of stuff, where would uh, you suggest someone begins with that journey? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that really want to explore it now. It's such a vast topic because you've got kind of Ayurvedic medicine, you've got alternative practices like Reiki and um, transformational breathing, Soma breath work, Wim Hof's been focusing on that. Um, you know, there's just so much out there. That, um, so where to start? I would think if, if somebody wants to do it for themselves to improve their own health, think about what you need to personally improve. You know, are you a stressed or anxious person and you and you need to, you need to support that? If that's the case, then you need to look at things like the breathing um, and, and the work of Wim Hof, um, meditation. If, if you're if you have um, conditions. That so what I'm hearing from a lot of people at the moment who are gravely concerned that as an unvaccinated person, they may be refused treatment with the NHS in time to come. And these people are on long term prescriptions. So they're saying, well, I need to start healing myself. So I don't need that medication anymore. Um, If you are one of those people, you definitely need to reach out to a naturopath or a nutritional therapist Mm. so they can start to have a look at how you can be healed naturally. Um, there is it's so vast and people say to me all the time oh I want to learn about natural health where should I start well if you want to learn about it for a profession then think about what you want to practice in you know do you want to be a homeopath do you want to be a herbalist um you might want to do sports medicine which is completely different you know sports science that that does that does tend to be a lot more kind of allopathic um but it's, it's what resonates with you, really. Uh, you know, who am I to say, you know, you must study homeopathy. Um, that might not resonate with somebody. What, what about things that are closer to, um, well, a bit more generic? Uh, so things like your, your water at home and, you know, just yeah, sort, so of, sort of every day uh, on average nutrition. I started on Facebook after I wrote the book in 2017. I started a group, uh, the same title of the book, Mind Body Miracle. It's called the Mind Body Miracle Community on Facebook. It's got about, I don't know, about 10,000 members now. And on there, I've done a series of lives. I've posted lots of information, but it's all very generic information. So things like how to avoid antibiotics. So my children have never had antibiotics. And that's because the minute they get ill, I know what kind of things I need to give them in terms of natural antivirals, natural antibacterials. There's a whole world of that out there too. Um, But other people don't know that information. So I've given that information in a short video so they know what to have in their cupboard should their child get ill. And then I always say, if they're still ill after three days, obviously take them to the GP. I'm not anti-medicine, but nine out of 10 times, you can take control of this on your own with a little bit of knowledge. Um, And if if somebody is like I was once, there's no judgment here, a frozen food mum, you know, you're not making anything fresh, you're go, go, go all the time. You know, look at making those kinds of changes. What can you start to change that you can be consistent with? Start to think about um, simple meals that you can make that the family will like that's a bit more nutrient dense than your chicken nuggets and chips that you've been having. 
what quality of water are you drinking? They're just about to introduce fluoride into every single water supply across the country. You definitely don't want to be drinking that. It's neurotoxin. So look at some good quality water filters. They don't have to be expensive. I like the zero water filter. Um, it's really great because it's just like a Brita. And so you get your filters. You don't have anything fitted in your house. It's not a big investment. So that's a nice slow change to start making. You can always start somewhere. One of the trainings that I did was with Paul Check. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he is a holistic life coach, if you like. Um, and, you know, back in the day when he first came out and he was talking um slow steady state cardio was going to be damaging to the heart and the joints people thought he was crackers because everybody was just on treadmills and cycling at that point but obviously it, it, evolution has shown us that he was absolutely right so he talks about rainbow bridge and he says that don't look at what everybody else is doing look at what you need to change in your life what's more important to you what's the consistent changes that you can make and that's basically what the book is about it's called mind body miracle because you've got the mind section all the things that you can change with your mindset so be that you know whether it's meditation gratitude list whatever um and then the body section is all the things that you can change with your with your health um in terms of your body so how are you eating do you have gut inflammation and i talk about how to how to spot that do you have um a lot of toxins that you are exposed to on a daily basis because god knows we all do with environmental toxins alone and how could you start to reduce your toxic load a little bit so there's only simple changes but they do go a long way because it's that tiny um, co compound effect, that drip, drip, drip effect that, you know, small changes done on a consistent basis can make a big difference. Yeah, exactly. That. And I think the consistency is key there. You mentioned that word because obviously, yeah. you know, we, we only have to look at your uh, new year and new me crowd and people just jack it in <laughs> after two weeks, don't they? Because they haven't got a six pack. Yeah. And but it's, a lot of it's because they're trying to do too much at once, aren't they? So they just confuse themselves, put too much pressure on themselves. Um, so, yeah, it's just the small changes. But it, once you can identify and fully be, you know, in the front of your mind that we are currently in a psychological and a spiritual war of like next level magnitude and have been for some time. Um, what what the, the cult that they want us to be in is basically built and designed to do is to keep us on that path of um, being sick, being dependent on doctors and farmer and stuff like that and you know i'm sure everyone watching now has got a doctor that just prescribes and medication every time they go and go to speak to a doctor about anything because that's pretty much what they do they just put you into that cycle um even when you say i've got a bit of depression or anxiety straight away get on these pills um you know so go down the, the more natural route and understand your body and everything's absolutely critical um you know more now than ever and um Oh, yeah, I think, you know, the, the points you made there are absolutely fantastic. Um, so wh where can people find you if they want to learn a bit more? I mean, you mentioned your group there, um, but where, where else do you hang out? Um, so at the moment, I'm on my ninth 30 day ban on Facebook in about 10 months. <laughs> um, I'm shadow banned on Insta. <laughs> so, um, but I've got a Telegram channel, which is just under my name, Jacqueline Dunn. The Instagram is I am Jacqueline. Done. I'm on Facebook, which is Jacqueline Dunn again, but then the, my company name is Mind and Body Detox, which is predominantly my beefy husband doing lots of videos on there, um, who's a personal trainer and life coach. And then um, the Mind Body Miracle community page is a really good place to start if you just want to learn a little bit more about changes that you can make. 
um, to your own health and for your family, because it is that ripple effect. You start healing yourself and it has that ripple effect outside to other people around you, your kids, you know, your parents, whatever. Um, so, yeah, just really trying to break it down because it's very overwhelming in this kind of health and wellness space. It's, it's very overcrowded. It's very overwhelming. There's a lot of information. A lot of it's contradictory. So, I always say it's a bit a little bit like climbing a mountain but how do you do that one step at a time just decide the one thing that's the most important to you to change you work on that you focus on that once you've nailed it you move on to the next one amazing love it absolutely fantastic uh Jacqueline, thank you so much for coming on the show today uh, and sharing all that fantastic wisdom with us uh i'm sure the viewers and listeners would have really gained a lot of information with what you shared with us today and perhaps perhaps and hopefully implement some changes into their own lives um, to increase the, the quality of life and uh, the quality of the second life that every single one of us have got the opportunity to start now, you know, alongside this cult life that they want us in. Um, you know, we, I, was, I was saying it at the talks and stuff, we've got an amazing opportunity here um, to be part of phenomenal communities, people that just want to um, do things that's good for them, good for their health, you know, for their mind. Uh, and, fantastic communities that are just full of like-minded people that you know full of love and empathy because that's how we win this um yeah, don't think about what we've lost think about what we can create now yeah. So, yeah that would be my final message but thank you so much for having me on been a pleasure now awesome um guys and girls uh, if you enjoyed the show please share it with some friends uh, especially those who are exploring uh, better health you know i'm sure they'll uh, take a lot of value from what we discussed today with jacqueline um, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to my Telegram channel, AJ Roberts Show. Uh, likewise, on my Rumble channel, which is where all my videos will be going uh, once they've streamed live. Um, but from me and Jacqueline, look after yourself, guys, and I'll see you very, very shortly on the AJ Roberts Show. <laughs>